Welcome back to Who's There? I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who love the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I'm super excited to share this week's episode with all of you because this week I got to chat with the editor in chief of Ghoulish Media, Anthony Darrington. Like so many people, Anthony first fell in love with the horror genre after seeing the movie The Shining and watching TV shows like The Twilight Zone with his grandparents of all people. We talked a lot about horror and mental health and how sometimes horror movies blur the lines between reality and fantasy a little bit too much. We also talked about films like The Poughkeepsie Tapes and Lake Mungo and how important it is to be aware of your boundaries when you're watching horror movies. Are you aware of your boundaries? One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, as well as subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's really appreciated and it really helps people find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Anthony Darrington. Hey, Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well, Allison. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here on this rainy Saturday morning, where I am at least. Uh, do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, etc.? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm based here in Orlando, Florida. Um, I, I like to call it the devil's armpit. Uh, it's just <laughs> sweaty and humid and disgusting. And I am the founder and editor-in-chief of ghoulishmedia.com. Awesome. Uh, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Um, it has to be The Shining. I think I, you know, on any given day, it obviously changes, but The Shining is one I always come back to. Yeah. How old were you when you first saw it? Too young. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was in middle school when I first saw it for the first time. I, I was at my friend's house, maybe um, sixth grade. His parents had it on VHS and we were reading the back of it. Um, and for whatever reason, we thought it was about like aliens or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, in our, our small brains, we weren't sure. So we, you know, we popped it in, we were watching with we no clue what the hell was going on. And then it got to the naked woman in the tub and we're like, Oh, we got to fast forward through this. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, the shining is something that I repeatedly come back to. Um, I have a tribute of, uh, the shining Saul Bass's art, uh, tattooed on my arm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, let's see if I can. Oh yeah. Oh, it's the ax. <laughs> yeah. So Saul Bass, he did this uh, pinpointed dotted style for the uh, graphic design of the poster. Um, and I'm a fan of his work. So I kind of had a tribute of Jack's axe in his style on my arm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's dedication right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my experience of The Shining was tainted a little bit because I was in, I think I was in junior high or high school as well. And uh mm-hmm. We rented the VHS and for some reason they put the making of The Shining on the VHS before the movie. That's so weird. we like sort of missed that it was the making. So we were watching the making of it as though it was the actual movie. Uh-huh. We were so confused and then it ended and then they're like feature presentation. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why would that be first? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I rewatched it like a year or so ago. So I- I've seen it proper properly. Right. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Um, so when I was younger, I would visit my grandparents during the summer um, in their home in Tampa. And, um, you know, they, they would take me out. They were great grandparents. But, you know, eventually they would have to kind of put me in front of the TV while they were doing <laughs> their day to day work. Um, and so they bought me like the complete series of The Twilight Zone. Um, and then they would also buy me, uh, the animated Scooby-Doo films and, um, you know, so I, I think it was a culmination of that. I think, uh, Rod Serling's The Twilight Zone original series, um, some of the like Scooby-Doo Zombie Island and, um, maybe like, uh, Season of the Witch or whatever it's called. Um, and then, uh, some of the original Scooby-Doo series, and also, I remember flipping through TV when I was younger, seeing the original Clash of the Titans. Um, so it was just kind of this culmination of weird monsters and uh, campiness. And I, I think that was like the perfect stew and concoction that got me started on all this. Awesome. Um, I'm not sure how old you are, but did you read Goose Up? goosebumps growing up i did yeah yeah, yeah. 
big fan, big fan of Goosebumps and some of the other, uh, I guess, like ripoffs that came from it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with any of those, but I think I've heard other people who mm-hmm. I've interviewed talk about it before. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Um, honestly, I think it probably has a lot to do with um, trauma, um, maybe personal experience, maybe rough childhoods. I'm, I can't say that. I can't speak for everyone. Um, but I know growing up, I had my own uh, fascination with the strange and unusual, right? And um, I think love of monsters and also being someone with like diagnosed ADHD, it was something that was always able to keep my attention because I was always compelled as to what was happening next and what was going on. Um, and, you know, in, in my later teenage years, there, were, there was a lot of angst and stuff going on with my family. Um, and horror was definitely something that I kind of found myself more drawn to, maybe subconsciously. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't a conscious effort. Um, but we were diving into stuff like the original Evil Dead series and um, not really horror, but like Riccio. Like I was watching Riccio, the story of Ricky, when I was like 15, um, which is this gross out, disgusting kung fu or I should say martial arts film. Um so yeah, and it just kind of culminated from there. It, it's it's definitely odd, but I think horror, as we know, it, it creates this framework of dealing with stress um, on the subconscious level. It, it helps people kind of uh, create a safe framework of understanding and dealing with stress in this protected environment. So when you when you leave that, um, maybe you're able to grapple with stress and trauma a little bit easier. Um, or have an idea of grappling with it in a, in a matured facet. So I don't know that that's, that's my, that's my half-baked take. (laughs) That's a great answer. Who would you say are your favorite horror directors? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Oh, that's, that's very, very tough. Um, It is hard to say. I'm trying to think of someone that I repeatedly, come back to i'm like i have what you can't see right now is i have all my movies on these shelves on my walls (laughs) here um i mean sam raimi's phenomenal as always um i think his kind of diversity and his his self-awareness um in what he's doing um jordan peele is always fun to watch i i don't know if i i have an answer for that um i my brain jumps around too much and I don't think I could really land on one director. (laughs) Totally. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So this kind of maybe relates back to your answer about the previous question, but what's your opinion on why horror movie fans were said to be handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans? Um, I think horror movie fans for the most part are used to maybe kind of doing their own thing for the most, like, you know, we have our day jobs, right? Like we go in, we, we clock in and out um, and we're kind of around uh, normal people, quote unquote. Um, and then we go back and we're watching people get gutted and running away and monsters and stuff on screen and finding some type of weird catharsis in that, or maybe even just, uh, you know, loving it just for its ridiculousness and spectacle. Um so I think when all of this maybe started, it was kind of our, our framework for stress was already built. Um, we were already anticipating some type of stressful events in our normal life. So just adding on to that, I don't know, maybe maybe it was already kind of primed for us, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so pivoting a little bit, you started mm-hmm. the site Ghoulish Media, which you said is dedicated to the exploration of genre films, television, and adjacent media with a core philosophy of inclusivity and how it can better analyze entertainment when examined through the lens of a myriad of perspectives. Tell mm-hmm. me how you came up with the idea for Ghoulish Media, how it started, and where you plan to take it in the future. Yeah, of course. Um, so like I said, I've been watching like actually watching horror movies since about middle school or so. Um, And then I was just kind of actively collecting. And then by the time I got into college, I wasn't really in 
invested or knew about the quote unquote, like online horror community at large, um, which is massive to those who, who don't know. There's such a diversity of voices there. Um, but I, but I wasn't primed to any of that. And, uh, I wanted to kind of create a platform and a voice that was going to show how horror movies are valuable pieces of art. Um, and so I started with kind of a video essay series called Something Ghoulish. Um, so we started doing these in-depth video essays, kind of the history and importance of these films and how they're beautiful pieces of art. And they come from trauma and struggle and strife and um, have real world cultural elements to them. Um, and that kind of developed further into multiple podcasts and websites. And as I met people online, uh, they kind of saw our mission and, and wanted to be a part of it and share their own voices. And as that happened, I kind of met all these, all these wonderful voices who had all these different experiences other than my own online. And being able to be an amplifier for that, I think, became the mission and the goal um, so something ghoulish, uh, evolved into ghoulish media, um, because we were, we were diversifying our content. Uh, we weren't just, um, like a video series anymore, or just a website. Like we were all these things, um, you know, a, a blog, podcast, website, uh, uh, social media personality, whatever it may be. Um, and so our main mission, we wanted to create uh, a theme of inclusivity for the website. Um, so whether that's, you know, people uh, like people of color or uh, people on the spectrum or um, LGBTQ plus voices, um, but doing it in this very, maybe not subtle, I don't know if that's the right word, but accessible way, um, a way where, everyone could easily come in and being able to really understand where someone might be coming from while grappling with these pieces of art. Um, and I think that was always the biggest thing, making sure it was open access for, for everyone to learn and appreciate from. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's something in, in the horror genre for everyone. So it sounds like your site is helping people figure that out. I hope so. I hope so. And and there definitely is. I mean, um, the, the horror community and the genre and the industry is so vast and complex and different. It's, it's layered and being able to just kind of, uh, you know, bask in it and be a part of it um, in, in this one degree is honestly a privilege and being able to collaborate with the people I have is, has been lovely. Awesome. Yeah. There are a lot of articles right now in the horror section on Goosebumps and the Saw movies and Spiral. So I look forward to reading those and including the top 10 most brutal Saw traps because I've only seen the first Saw and Spiral. Oh. <laughs> so I'm thinking about watching all of the others, but I'm trying to find out as much about the traps as possible before oh, I yeah. do it. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just... It's like a horror movie soap opera. That's what the Saw films are. They definitely degrade in quality as, as you get further into it. Um, and you're, it's kind of like Final Destination, right? You're watching it for the kills at that point. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like a soap opera. It's so funny. <laughs> did you see Spiral yet? I did. Uh, Spiral was better than Jigsaw. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fully vaccinated now. Um, and so once I did, I was like, I'm going back to the movie theater. Um, we, we've been steadily going to the drive-in near us. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and it, it's it's about an hour and a half away. So near <laughs> us is, is yeah. you know, kind of a loose term. But um, the driving culture is something else. If it, You know, it's something to be experienced. And I'm glad that the pandemic... At, at, gave me the opportunity to, to go to the drive-in more. I'll say that if it did any good, which is nothing, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. So be going back to a movie theater is nice. So um, we, I, we saw spiral, uh, you know, Chris rock has some solid lines. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some solid performances. Um, it definitely gets into the more police procedural kind of stuff, almost like a David Fincher esque yeah. uh, feel. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, it, it's worth a watch. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. And I think I enjoyed it because I'm not a fan of Saw movies. Okay. And it was different from that. So, yeah. but 
yeah. Uh, last night I went to go see uh, Quiet Place 2. Oh, what so did you think? I really liked it. I thought no. it was a good sequel. It kind of mm-hmm. it kind of got my heart racing like the first one did. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I, yeah, I watched it last night as well. Ah. Actually, we went we went to the theater last night. I'm going to be writing my review on it today. Ah, okay. Um, so uh, uh, this might be coming out later, of course. But yes. yeah, I uh, I I thought it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I I almost liked it better than the first one. <laughs> um, just up until the third act, I think. But uh, I, I won't spoil anything. Maybe we'll talk okay. behind the scenes about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Do you still update your uh, something ghoulish YouTube channel? Um, we have some plans for updating it. Um, so we're going to kind of retrofit it for ghoulish media. Um, and I think we're going to be rolling out some, some varying content. Um, we're going to start with some simple stuff and hopefully kind of get people in the door so we can eventually build up with some more complex, higher budget, uh, shows. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite subgenre in horror? That's good. Uh, I I like psychological horror a lot. Um, I I overthink. <laughs> it's a double-edged <laughs> sword. So almost being able to watch something and play out all the different scenarios is interesting. Um, religious horror is something that's also very interesting to, uh, in my opinion. Um, I feel, I, I don't know, this might be my own perspective. and But I, I think a lot of religious values are um, kind of fading out in a way. And so it's interesting to see people becoming more spiritual throughout the pandemic and maybe this rise in religious horror and folk horror as well. Um, so I would say religious horror, folk horror, and um, maybe social horror. Uh, one of my favorite horror films of all time next to the shining has to be green room. Um, and that is definitely a social horror film. And Uh, I wrote a a retrospective piece because it was the five-year anniversary of Green Room this year, Um, kind of how it's about almost this, um, how how to say, response to to kind of the the rise in right-wing values in media. Um, So it's definitely worth a read, but Green Room is brutal, it's vicious, and it's terrifying, and it's still has a has a lot of stake to it in in today's society yeah i saw that a couple of years ago it's definitely a great movie but it's it's brutal yeah yeah uh i mean when when else will patrick stewart play a nazi again oh <laughs> hopefully never but you yeah. know <laughs> but he, he did was, it so well he was great in that and uh i love anton yelchin i i there's not a day that goes by <laughs> that i don't miss him um <sighs> And he does phenomenal in that. Uh, Mogan Poots and um, Alia Shawkat, like it's it's a phenomenal cast yeah. as well. Um, and the score, the punk scene, and all all of that feels so rooted um, in everything. I I write about in that piece. I I used to for a short time. I used to do bookings here in my city, like uh, music bookings. Oh, cool. um, and I would put on shows, and I mean, you would you would see that shit. Um, you know, you would not, not to that extreme, of course, but you know, you would have, you know, right wing skinheads like going to shows and stuff. And, um, you know, there, there's, there's a validity to some of that atmosphere and culture. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I, I would love to see some Nazi punks trying to come to a show in New York city. <laughs> I don't think it'd work out. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh since you like religious horror have you seen the movie red state i haven't i haven't seen oh that. you should definitely mm-hmm. it's so hard yeah. to find i would i would actually recommend just buying a copy off like ebay okay it, it's good yeah i'm writing this <laughs> down now actually awesome yeah it's a it's a kevin smith movie so huh. yeah it's like the first horror movie that he made maybe the only okay. one i'm not really sure what else he's made but yeah. i mean he did tusks which i guess yes. is like a horror comedy yeah. and then of course like clerks which not obviously not horror but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. john goodman is like the action hero hero of red state so interesting okay can really? you give me like a, a brief rundown of what it's about um there are it's in the deep south they're they're um the police force is trying to figure out who is killing people and disposing of them mm-hmm. in 
And there is a compound that they are investigating that they found out has been getting deliveries of massive amounts of ammunition and guns. Mm -hmm. And it's a compound like the um, the Phelps compound. Mm -hmm. So they're very religious. They have a huge cross on the property. It's completely surrounded. So they start investigating and looking into that. Um, And there are two two kids that they've kidnapped. And so it's about them trying to get out and the cops trying to get into the compound. I don't know if I'm summarizing it very well, but it's it almost like, yeah, it almost sounds like some kind of like Waco stuff. I mean, it's a little bit like that. It's definitely about yeah. like a cultish, cultish religion. Yeah. And then, but they're, they're, they're doing God's work. So. Yeah. yeah. I, cults are so fascinating. Yeah. I, I like if anything out of this true crime buzz that's happening right now, I think cults are just an interesting thing to look at. Um, and seeing cults represented in media are, is, is even more fascinating. Yeah, I fell down the uh, Nixium rabbit hole earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are there any horror movies that are off limits for you? Um, I don't think so. Um, There are things that when I watch them, I definitely like I'll need a break for a little while. (laughs) Um, Like what? uh, I think when I watched Antichrist for the first time, um, I... I needed to just decompress for like two weeks. Um, (laughs) When it gets to the end of that with like the scissors and like genital mutilation, like, uh, um, I haven't haven't seen it. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Fair warning. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's Um, on the, that's on lists of movies that like super horror fans are like, we're probably never going to watch this ever or watch it again. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, watching anything with like animal death is hard, um, you know, like yeah. the original Cannibal Holocaust yeah. or, um, you know, Friday the 13th, not so much. They killed that. They definitely killed that snake in there. Um, yeah. The first one there. <laughs> but like, I don't think anything's really off limits for the most part. Um, I try and be very aware with my boundaries and um, what my emotional limitations are, but there is that distance. Um, I, I would never watch like a, like a real snuff film or anything like that, of course. (laughs) Um, But, you know, getting into kind of like the, like French extremist movement or um, just kind of some crazy old Italian stuff or, or splatter films. um, I can usually handle it fairly well there there's a little bit of that uh that distancing i think that helps yeah uh, i'm jealous what about you um i mean torture porn yeah. i will probably never watch any french extremist i kind of want to watch martyrs just because yeah. i've heard that it's martyrs is film. insane yeah. yeah um but like megan is missing poughkeepsie tapes i don't mm-hmm. ever need to see any of that yeah i i i think Poughkeepsie tapes is one of those interesting things where I feel like it's one of the only found footage films um, along with maybe the first Blair Witch that like it blurs the lines of reality so well, which I think is terrifying. Like, and in, in the sense of it's truly terrifying where you, you finish that movie Poughkeepsie tapes specifically, and you lock all your doors, you check your house, um, and then you don't go out for a week. <laughs> you should be locking your doors every day anyway. I'm just yeah, exactly. But you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I know I, I'm one of those people where you know you get you get really paranoid to a point, and then you check like your entire house. Yeah. You're like, I just need to do a sweep real quick just to make sure. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Luckily, I have a small one-bedroom apartment, so it doesn't take me. There's very nowhere long. to hide. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I moved into this apartment, and I was like, four closets. That's four places for people to hide. That's right. too many. And then you just fill it with stuff. Yeah, so that like, way no, no one, one can get in. No one can fit in. Um, yeah, yeah. I know that people in other countries they don't often lock their doors. I was watching the movie like Mungo. Um, Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago and the mother just talks about how she started dealing with her grief by walking into her stranger her neighbor's houses at night and i'm like does no one lock their doors in australia what are you doing and why 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 did nobody notice that you're doing this 
I'll I'll have to call uh, my friend Richard. He he just moved back to Australia. I'll I'll have to ask him. Yeah. Like, no one locked their doors there. They're like, no. If we're gonna die, we're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what's your favorite found footage movie? Um, that's a tough one. Um, top three. The taking of Deborah Logan is one. Yeah, that's I think. A great one. Um, Gonjum Haunted Asylum. It's definitely in there, I think. Um, this is tough. <laughs> um, the I, the 2016 Blair Witch, honestly, was really solid. Uh, I, I don't know what everyone else thought, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. As Above, So Below is great. Um, oh, this is tough. I'm, I'm going to say Cloverfield, Blair Witch, and maybe Taking of Deborah Logan. Awesome. Those are all solid choices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did like Blair Witch 2016 more than I thought I would because I heard everyone like kind of uh, rip on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked it. So it was yeah, definitely I think... better than Blair Witch 2. Yeah, well, I, I can't say too much on that. Uh, my my friend Danielle is a diehard like that will is the hill she will die on is Blair Witch Book of Shadows. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I thought 2016 was honestly really solid. Uh, Blair Witch 2016. It um, had that weird premiere at Comic-Con. Like it was, I think it was called The Woods. And then they turned it around and they're like, oh, this is actually a, a pseudo sequel to, hmm. to Blair Witch. Um, yeah, it was originally marketed as like a different film. And then they switched it around just to kind of gauge audience interest. Um, and I'm glad you actually get to see kind of the monster in there. Um, I, I, I like that the first film, you're not sure, but the second it, it delivers, I think some of the kills are terrifying, uh, <laughs> genuinely terrifying. Uh, and the woman breaks the stick in half. I don't um, remember that part, but. I... Oh, when she, when she breaks it and then she snaps in half too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The tents just go flying. Uh, I think, that film produces a great sense of atmosphere and um, I definitely, definitely underrated, yeah. I think. But I think people just dunk on found footage whenever they can. They're like, oh, it's not real. It's like, yeah, of course it's not real. It's a movie. Yeah. Like you melon. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, if everyone watched, wants to watch Blair Witch 2016, it is currently streaming on Hulu. So go check okay. that out. Yeah. Nice. Um, I relate to your friend Danielle, though, for dying on the hill of Blair Witch Book of Shadows, mm-hmm. because I will die on the hill of defending Scream 3. So, okay. Yeah, which is uh, a very unpopular opinion. Which one is Scream 3 again? There's it's is... the one where it's her spoiler alert, but this movie's old. Um, <laughs> it turns out to be like her half brother who's the killer and had set everything uh, up. Yeah, yeah, I've. I think I've hesitated watching Scream 4 because of Scream 3, but mm. um, I people, I think there's definitely been like a rise in, in love and admiration for the Scream franchise, which is interesting. I really enjoyed the MTV series too. I didn't watch that. I didn't need that. I would have been fine if they would have stopped <laughs> at Scream 3. I was so mad when they made Scream 4. It was a fine movie. It's very different okay. from Scream 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would recommend watching it, but yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do with five. I, I don't know. What yeah, do I've it. I've heard I've heard people ponder whether or not they're going to kill off Sydney because they can't really just keep continuing on if they're just going to keep using the same people. Right. Getting too old. They need to pass the torch. Yeah, it would be interesting if I, I saw one take on Twitter, like Sydney dies in like the opening scene or yeah. something like that. to you know, really yeah, yeah. throw everyone off. Um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do because I feel like you can't just keep tying it to like, oh, it's Sydney's cousin or it's yeah. the neighbor down the street or <laughs> Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're looking for something to watch? Um, I try in I I try and be in touch with my emotions as much as I can and almost like have these like a conversation with myself. Like, what am I feeling today? And do I want something fun or do I want something serious or do I want to be scared or, you know? um, So I think feeling whatever boundary I have that day and um, what, what, what are my emotional limitations of today and what I can really take. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it starts there. 
Um, but if I want something terrifying, I, I'll always go to maybe tried and true classics before I venture into something new, which is weird. Um, I, I have such a hard time watching new movies sometimes, which is odd for someone who runs a movie website and <laughs> writes about new movies often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think I kind of gauge the atmosphere and culture on um, online. And if I see people talk about it enough, I'll be like, okay, I'll, you know, I, tr I trust their opinions and perspectives. I'll, I'll venture into this. So um, I usually keep a list of things that I eventually want to kind of deep dive into and experience. Um, I had a, I had a sick day um, a couple days ago. And so I just watched through like three, four movies while I was at home, um, all new movies that I hadn't seen prior. And uh, it was great. It was wonderful. I watched coherence for the first time uh, uh, arrival, which not a horror movie, but yeah. phenomenal sci-fi alien film. Um, yeah. So I, I think keeping a list and kind of a backlog, uh, Letterbox definitely helps for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Um, maybe Aronofsky's mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aronofsky's mother and maybe Hereditary. Um, so I I went to see mother um not really knowing what to expect all i know it's some maybe type of religious horror or some home invasion kind of thing um the film ended everyone was silent shuffling out of the theater um and so i go into the you know the restroom after the fact waiting in line and uh, one of the guys from the theater walks in looks around the other guys that are just kind of waiting in the bathroom. And he, he makes an announcement to, to everyone in the restroom. <laughs> He's like, um, so uh, what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Um, and then hereditary, it, it was kind of the same thing. Like uh, I was watching it with someone. I, I brought someone who was not really a horror movie fan. Uh, they leaned over um and they're like what are we watching <laughs> um i i think that's always the experience like taking people into a horror movie or a thriller or something that they genuinely were not emotionally or mentally ready for and it's i think for me that's sometimes even better than watching the movie is to see how other people grapple and understand it um i went to see nightcrawler uh, for one of the first times in, in the theater. Um, and my friend was like, I thought this was an X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he made us leave. He made us leave. Um, oh, wow. The shame. I love Nightcrawler. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think those are some of the best experiences. Some of the worst. I saw, the first time I saw Prometheus in theaters, um, some guy was fucking vaping. Um, oh, I, it was awful. I, I didn't say anything. I should have. Um, but who does that? Who vapes in a movie theater? I know. I, I would, I would have said something and then I would have gone um, and gotten the manager. So yeah. I'm awful. just, I'm Horrible. that person. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to see lights out, um, in a, in a theater once and no one would be quiet. Like everyone was like yelling and screaming and it was just jumping around. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, uh, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what What about you? What are some of your standout experiences? Um, well, I remember seeing Blair Witch in theaters in 1999, the mm -hmm. month it came out. And so everyone was very silent after that ended. And then I think mm -hmm. they started to clap. I'm not sure. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, uh, when I went to go see Spiral a week ago, um, as the lights were coming down and they were started playing the, you know, welcome back to the movies, like the guy behind us was like, it's good to be back. And then we all started clapping. <laughs> um, and then Hereditary, I remember, I'm trying to remember who I saw that movie with. I was either on a date with a person that I never saw again after that, mm -hmm. or I was with another friend. But um, 
I always remember the moment towards the end where it's coming into focus that she is in the corner on the ceiling Ooh, and everyone yeah. freaked out. So yeah. that's, that's, a, that's such a phenomenal moment. Yeah. I, I, I remember that too. There were some kids in front of us um, and they were, you know, they were kind of talking, uh, being a little, little annoying. They were kind of making fun of Alex Wolf every time he was crying. Just a little mean. Yeah. Um, and then it got to that scene and they shut up. <laughs> and it was this beautiful moment where you, they like they knew they were like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there is that instance of like when you're enjoying a film with friends or you're going to a movie theater, there is that communal element. And I think that's one of the things that I miss so much about going to a movie theater yeah. was being able to engage the audience and see the atmosphere and the murmurs and um what everyone was saying, like, and just kind of taking in all these different stimuli is so yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely glad that I can go back to the movies now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see the conjuring three next week. So nice. I'm, I'm debating whether to watch that in the theater or on HBO max. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> it looks interesting. I know nothing about the, the original case it's based on. So I'll have to do some reading on that. Yeah. I'm hoping that I can find a podcast that maybe talks about it so I can get to yeah. know the case a little bit beforehand, but we'll see. I wonder if last podcast has covered something. <laughs> That's like that. what I was thinking. Cause they, they covered the end, the Enfield. Yeah. The Enfield Polter- Enfield. Yeah. Poltergeist. So mm-hmm. hoping I always forget to check their podcasts or listen to them. Cause they're not on Apple podcasts anymore. Oh wow! So so they have they have an exclusive deal with Spotify then. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, living the dream. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite horror movie of twenty twenty one so far? That's tough. Um, I'm trying to think because I honestly, this entire year so far is a blur. I still feel like we're <laughs> in February. Um. I don't know. I I know one of the ones I've enjoyed most recently. Uh, was Sputnik. Mm, um, I've heard good things about that. I think IF, IFC Midnight distributed that. Um, Russian alien film t- takes place during the Soviet Union. Um, definitely has some like classic Ridley Scott alien vibes to it, but um, it is terrifying. Uh, the monster effects are phenomenal. Um thoroughly enjoyed that i i'm trying to think what all has come out this year um there was that movie called into the earth which was kind of like sci-fi um but a little bit of horror um obviously spiral Mm -hmm. a quiet place two yeah okay yeah uh let's wait hold on 20 21 horror movies Wrong Turn, the reboot of that. Oh, no. They're still um, making those, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there is uh, Willy's Wonderland, which was straight to VOD, I believe, and Benny Loves yeah. You. I haven't seen that one. I saw Willy's Wonderland. That was fine. Um, it, it's honestly amazing, Willy's Wonderland. They Nicolas Cage did not say a single word. I loved it. I loved it film. so much. <laughs> it, was, it was to a point where it was getting like, to a comedic level. <laughs> um, and it's like, you, it really shows like the budget of the film. Like I'm, I'm glad they made it like the animatronic kills and stuff yeah. were, were fun, but uh, it was a bizarre mm. movie. Yeah. It was uh, Psycho Goreman is solid, like fun, yeah. campy horror. Um, I'm trying to think all that's come out this year. Yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like I would need to look at a, a list. I could probably look at it. <laughs> Um, there was a movie that came straight to VOD called Fear of Rain, which I would recommend if you like psychological horror. It's about a, a girl who suffers from schizophrenia, who, okay. who is pretty sure that her neighbor is holding a girl hostage and she's trying to get people to take her seriously about it. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. There was uh, one thing I was interested in watching was, uh, was it Woman in the Window? It was kind yes. of that rear window yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to. I have to watch that as well. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there may have not been a ton of things to come out yet. Yeah, I think a lot of things are coming out in the later part of the year. Yeah, 
Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I was honestly surprised to see they're making a Don't Breathe 2. <gasps> yeah, um, um, I, as long as it doesn't have the same kind of mm. um, kidnapping uh, yeah. thing, I, I would be fine seeing it. But uh, that yeah. was such a weird twist that that fucked me up. So <laughs> <laughs> understandably so. Um, I'm very excited for Antlers. I will say if if there are any horror films I am mostly anticipating, it's Candyman and Antlers, I think. <laughs> um, Last Night in Soho, I'm very excited for Halloween Kills. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think it looks really good oh i have a friend who loves uh the who loves wendigo so she's really looking forward to it uh yeah so yeah um so are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like or do you hold any unpopular horror movie opinions oh i absolutely do (laughs) (laughs) you you sound so excited yeah i do i finally have a platform for my bad horror movie opinion um i i think the nun is I, I think it's fun. <laughs> um, I, the year the predator and the nun came out, um, it was 2018, I think, right. Or 2019, 2019, I believe. Um, I honestly think both of those films are very fun. I don't think, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're great movies, <laughs> but I think they are very enjoyable movies. Um, and I think my frustration with a lot of maybe the response to those films are like, you know, we watch stuff like um, Street Trash and Chopping Mall and uh, Motel Hell, right? I would say none of these are good movies, but they are fun movies. <laughs> I think they're solid movies. I, I think the the special effects in them are great. Um, I think the the gross out kill stuff is phenomenal. Um, but the, the story is, it is what it is, you know? Um, and I, I feel the same way about the nun. I, I think the nun is this fun, goofy haunted house, Scooby-Doo kind of, um, <laughs> horror movie. It definitely doesn't live up to like the other conjuring films, but I feel like if you can create an idea of separation from that a little bit, um, it, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, and I think same thing with the predator. Like I, I've recently rewatched the first predator film and then, um, went back to the new one and I don't get the hesitance with the new predator film at all. Like it's still like the machismo, dumb, masculine humor. Um, the predator kills are great. I think, (laughs) um, I, I don't, the predator has never looked better. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? What, what's your take on these? Um, I hated the nun. Um, <laughs> I remember I, my friend Jody gets so much flack for this because mm. he, I had like been asking people, I was like, what should I go see today? I, should I go see the nun? And I always interpret, I always remember him being like, yeah, go see it. It's fine. What he had said was if you still have movie pass and can go for free, it's fine. So I went and, I did have movie pass, so I went and uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, that was hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, because it just doesn't it doesn't live up to the other Conjuring movies. Oh, it absolutely so. doesn't. I I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. So I I maybe it's that idea of creating separation. I see. I feel the same way about um, Annabelle comes home. I think yeah, Annabelle comes home. It's like a huge goosebumps episode. It's like all these yeah. monsters running around. Like that's so fun. Why wouldn't you want that? Um yeah. it like it definitely doesn't live up to the other films whatsoever. Um but they're fun monster movies. And to see any type of creepy monster action, um <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. Uh, especially the ferryman in that film, like oh, the yeah. coin effect mm-hmm. uh, and it drops on the floor and it's rolling and um I think there's there's definitely some things that can be appreciated. Like I, I'm a fan of schlock. Don't get me wrong, but I also know it's schlock. Um, yeah. And you got to be able to enjoy it. Like I'm not going to hold up uh, the suckling or the stuff as high art, but it's it's fun. It's it's a <laughs> spectacle, and it, there there's there's certain things that can be valued from it for sure. All right. Um, if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? 
That's tough. Um, see, I always thought like a police procedural uh, Fincher-esque remake of Psycho would be very interesting. Hmm, okay. Where um, like we saw what happens with say Norman Bates um, and, and like what he's about and everything with his mom. So almost approaching it like Mindhunter, right? Okay. Um, where you're following the police and these women are disappearing and you set it in like the 60s. Um, so it's before kind of the golden age of serial killers and they're even maybe trying to pick up on these patterns, but they don't know what to look for. And it gets into some interesting like gender identity things if you wanted to even dabble in that. Um, I don't know. I, I think that could be really interesting to me. Yeah, that sounds like it would be interesting. It also kind of sounds like what they did with Spiral. Yeah, a, l- a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but true crime is definitely um, such a buzz right now. Yeah. And uh, police procedurals have been going on since like the dawn of television. Um, it's definitely something that's not going away, but I think the original Psycho still... Uh, it still kind of sits into that weird thriller crime area and getting into the true mind of a serial killer and maybe even implementing like Norman Bates is probably an inaccurate version of uh, someone with whatever conditions he's hailing from. So having almost like a, a real interpretation of what someone like this would be like especially now with television and film, there doesn't really seem to be any limit anymore. Um, You know, game of Thrones, like people are getting slaughtered and, you know, you had soccer moms watching that shit, you know, like (laughs) um, I don't, I don't think there's really any type of limit anymore with, with film and television. So seeing how far they could go with it, uh, um, any, anything to kind of wash out the bad taste of Vince Vaughn would be wonderful (laughs) yeah definitely i i definitely agree because that Mm -hmm. remake was not good what about you what what what's one film you would love to remake um god um i always whenever people ask me this back i always say boogeyman because that came out in 2005 and it was just so bad and i feel like there's a way they could have done it it was an interesting concept I think the second yeah. one is in a hospital, right? I didn't see the second one because the first one was so bad. And I didn't well, even pay to see the first one. It was a screening. Okay. So. See, I, I think I watched that on Chiller when that was still around. <laughs> I th- I don't know if it's still around or not, actually. I don't know. Um, yeah, Chiller was like a, a cable TV channel uh, oh, for, okay. for like horror movies, hmm. but they couldn't afford good ones. So they, <laughs> they played like the... I think like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street TV series, um, a bunch of like small indie stuff, which was fine. And then a once in a while you would get like Evil Dead or <laughs> something like that. Um, and I think I watched it on that. Uh, I don't know if it's in the first or second one, but the one scene I remember from those films, this guy is like tied to um, like some type of gurney and the the person put like larva eggs under Ooh. this guy's skin they surgically cut up his skin Ooh. they put eggs in they sewed it back and then you like the next scene like they were growing and they were like crawling oh. out of his skin and you could see them like moving under Ugh. That's, that's that's probably the one thing that stuck with me it, the films probably aren't good but um yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, now that's going to stick with me. That definitely was not in the first film. Okay, so, so probably the second one, <laughs> I think. Yeah, thank you for my nightmares. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> it's it's what they, why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Um, maybe Billy Loomis. Oh, okay. He doesn't want to kill me. He wants <laughs> yeah. to kill Sydney. Right. And then you could just watch horror movies all day. That's a good answer. I don't think anyone said Billy Loomis before. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think so because uh, everyone else, like, I mean, Michael Myers, yeah, maybe like original Michael Myers too, but he would get kind of boring. I think wouldn't say much. 
<laughs> so yeah, maybe Billy Loomis. Um, you get Billy and Stu as like a combo. Yeah. Um, so you could just watch horror movies all day and hang out and shoot the shit. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so you? Um, God, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm going to play the fifth. I would just kill myself oh, no. first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, all right. Fair enough. Oh, um, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. I, I should, <laughs> I should give some thoughts to that question since I ask everyone that, mm-hmm. but not today, not, not, okay. to, not today, Satan. All right. So, but thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and ghoulish media on the internet? Yeah, of course. Um, so if you're into like introspective analysis on films, horror, sci-fi, kaiju, uh, fantasy action, what have you, um, you can find it on ghoulishmedia.com. Um, you can always find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, uh, wherever you lurk on the interwebs. Um, and then if you want to follow my personal account, I am on Instagram at amdarrington. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah, I had a phenomenal time. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anthony Darrington, and thanks again to Anthony for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can find Ghoulish Media on the web in our show notes. Again, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, and you can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod, or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot me an email at hello at Who's Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated. <laughs>